Y'all still want me to preach? <laughs> I feel like I don't, uh, might not want to do that. <laughs> the Lord's good, isn't he? Yeah, thank you, Lord. Didn't you? That was awesome, wasn't it? So many anointed vessels in this room, aren't they? Uh, don't you love that? And I think everybody's anointed, really. Maybe in different ways, but right? Yeah, that's powerful, though. Powerful worship. Man, I was just so touched by the Lord. And, you know, just, I mean, I love the presence of the Lord, so I think I might have told you that once or twice, but <laughs> that's the most important thing to me is to worship with people and experience God's presence together. I think if, if we can have that, then we can change the world, can't we? Because we can take that presence and we can bring it to wherever we go. And when God's presence touches somebody, something's going to happen to them, right? One way or the other. You know, you can't encounter God like that and not have to make some kind of choices in your life. You either choose, choose Him at that moment or reject Him at that moment. But I know the Lord wants us to carry His presence, uh, carry the Holy Spirit wherever we go. Amen? And I believe the Lord is going to uh, do more in terms of the move of the Spirit. I really do, and I'm just asking the Lord to get in, for us to be able to get into that flow of the Holy Spirit that He's doing now, and not try to do it the way He did it in the past, unless He's doing it like He did in the past, right? We can always get in that. Hey, I wanted us to make sure we keep that family and friends of that guy that uh, Judy was talking about, that young fella. You know, as many of us well know, you know, when, some, when there's like a murder that happens. There's so much collateral damage that happens around it uh, with family and friends and relationships that you don't really see and that you don't really know about. And people's faith are really tried in those times uh, big time. And so keep all that in prayer. I mean, it's no accident that Judy knew this guy and was connected with him and, you know, that uh, the Lord will make it all right. You know, he'll turn evil for good, and I know that's what the Lord's going to do. But that's what I've been praying this week, you know, for the for the people around that, and you know, the because murder is such a violation of the heart of God. It's a violation, and when that happens, there's something happens in the spiritual realm that's really disruptive, and and you know, it really takes the Holy Spirit to fix that. Uh, and so, Lord, we pray that there's some murders that are not taken care of yet, and I know the Lord's going to, like what Maya was saying, He's going he's gonna to turn some things over, overturn some things. Amen. So I'm going to, oh, Lord, help me here. I'm going to read this verse out of Luke chapter 8, verse 18. This is, this is important, okay? About a year ago, it's actually before the coronavirus came, back, back in the other life we used to have. Remember, we had another life at one time. You know, where we did things differently and, uh, you know, I can, I like to watch these videos uh, or YouTubes of people. There's these people out there. These people are, are great. In fact, I was in Israel last night, okay? I love to go to other countries and now I can't. So I found these YouTubes where people walk the streets in different nations with their little GoPro, okay? And you're able to see stuff. And I was watching last night because I found one uh, of Israel, uh, and, the, and it snowed. It had, yeah, it was in Jerusalem. So this guy's walking all over Jerusalem, went to the wall, went, went all over the place. And it was just, just yeah, it was very cool. It was, you know, not quite being there, but it was awesome. Uh, but then, he, then it turns out this guy has many videos of walking around Jerusalem. <laughs> okay? And uh, then he had another one. And I thought, oh, that's before the virus came because all these people were all cluttered up together. Nobody had masks on. People were just having so much joy, you know, instead of empty, empty streets. And uh, so I'm just telling you that because I love that. If you can't go somewhere and you want to go, try to find, a, find one of those and walk the streets. I've been walking the streets of South America. I found some of those and... You know, we talk about the sidewalks, like, oh, that's got to be the sewer. Just imagine the smell there, you know, because <laughs> there's certain, yeah. Imagine the smell. Never go to a bathroom. If you're ever in China and there's a bath, a public bathroom, go to the other side of the street immediately. 
I mean, as far and get away from it as far as you can. Never go in one of those places because you may not come out. You may die in there. That's just how, that's the way it's seen. I went in one and thought, I can wait. I got to get out of here. They're rough there in China. Well, anyways, the reason I was saying all that uh, is about before the coronavirus, the Lord began to, he gave me this phrase about, this is what he said to me. There are many voices, but one word. Many voices, but one word. And he, the scripture came to my mind when he gave it to me that of John the Baptist, a, vo, a voice crying into the wilderness. John the Baptist was a voice. He was a voice for his time. Only Jesus is the word. And see, and, and so I felt God was really trying to help me really dial into his voice, right? Because we have many voices out there. There's many voices and even in the age we live in now, we have access to many voices, don't we? I'm talking in the church world, in the kingdom world. And, but not every voice is for you. I, you know, we have to be able to discern the voice of the Holy Spirit in all the voices, the ones that are speaking to you. And, and so that became sort of a, an important thing in my life. I wanted to read this verse here. It's, and this is at the end of... Uh, when Jesus was explaining the parable of the sower, which is really one of the most powerful parables, and this is the reason, is what he said right here. What Jesus wanted us to understand about the parable of the sower, if, if we could get that parable, we could get all parables, okay? In other words, that, that is a foundational parable that Jesus told that was vital. That was like a foundational parable that if once we if we could really grasp it, if we could receive it and really get understanding on it from the Holy Spirit, then we would be able to receive many things. And that and, and this is exactly what this verse says. He said, Therefore take heed or be careful how you hear. Be careful how you hear. For whoever has, for whoever has, to him more will be given. He was saying that in the context of that parable. In other words, if you can receive this parable, if you can get revelation on this parable, then you will be in position yourself to, be a, to attract more revelation and more insight from the Holy Spirit. Are y'all following that? So this should be like a parable that we should pursue the Lord on, pursue His, His revelation, pursue His insights on this. Such a, uh, such a key thing. And it seems like almost not a fair thing here, this next uh, phrase. Even what he seems, well, for whoever has to him more will be given, and whoever does not have, doesn't that seem like an unfair statement? Even what he seems to have will be taken from him. Wow, isn't that amazing? In other words, God... You know, in the spiritual world, the, the like, the God, the things of God attracts the things of God, right? In the natural world, men are attracted to women and vice versa. That's the way God made it to be. Somehow there's some other stuff happening, but that ain't really right. But in the spiritual world, God is attracted to himself. He's attracted to who he is. And, and when we begin to see that we got these, this foundation of truth in our life that we can actually receive more. God has more to give. He's got more to reveal. Even though we've got it all in Christ, we've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, God has more for us to get. Because we have, even though we have it all, we haven't experienced it all. We haven't walked in it all, right? Right? Don't you feel that in your heart? Don't you feel there's something more that God has for you? For you to live out, and our language doesn't cover it well. Because when we say that, it's like, God, you've got to give me something else I don't have. We really do have it, but we're not experiencing it. We're not walking in it. And somehow God has a timetable. He has a timeline for us to come into these things. And he really wants us to. So the parable of the sower is a vital, is vital, vital. It's vital for us to really be able to, to receive all that God has because God will, that's the, a foundational key for us. Amen? Amen. And so if you, if you uh, look at these parables, if you look at the things that Jesus said, you're going to find that he, over and over, Jesus reminds people all through the Gospels 
even into Revelation where we get some of Jesus' words, over and over he is reminding people because he realizes that everybody that was, was listening to him wasn't really hearing him. They, wasn't, they weren't hearing God speak to them. Even though Jesus himself was speaking, he knew everybody wasn't getting it. And so over and over he, I mean, just so many times he brings up the responsibility that we have to be careful about what we're hearing, be careful what we're listening to, 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 to hear, to pay attention. To, what are you listening to? What are you thinking about? Are you really hearing my heart? You know, have you ever said that to somebody? You're trying to communicate with them and you realize they're not getting what you're saying, even though you, the, they're hearing your words, they're hearing your thoughts, but they're really not getting it. And that's really what he was saying. He said, you have to be careful how you hear. You really do. If you want to hear the voice of God, you've got to be careful how you hear. And if you can hear, you can hear more. The more you hear, the more you're going to be able to hear. And when, we talk, when he talks about hearing, it's just not picking up on sound waves. It's actually receiving what he is saying. It, it really becomes a part of us. So, um, you know, we can't even follow the Lord. This is the truth. This is what the scriptures really say. We can't follow him. My sheep hear my voice, John 10, and recognize my voice and know me and follow me. We cannot follow Jesus. We cannot have a relationship with him ultimately without being able to recognize his voice. That's what he said. Jesus said that. And so he's, and that's an invitation. That's not a threat. Oh, I wanted to tell you, the first time I ever read that uh, Luke 8, 18, as a very, very raw, young believer of maybe days, maybe weeks at the most, it felt like a threat to me. Because at that time, I had just gotten saved and I was discarding my old life. And I was discarding a bunch of stuff I had in my old life, which now some of I regret. Like, that wasn't really God for me to get rid of that. I had some things I wish I'd have kept. You know what I'm saying? But, but I was so like, God, I've got to unload my old life. I got to, well, here it is. I had a, when I was young, I was a, I was a outdoorsman. Uh, I was a, into sport, like hunting, fishing. I had like a collection of guns, rifles, and shotguns. I was the best shooter ever. If you want to, I mean, I could outshoot anybody. I used to, all my brother's friends would marvel at me because we'd have these shooting contests and I would just wear them out. We'd have these cans hung on this string and they'd be trying to shoot the cans. I'd, shoot, I'd go down the line and shoot every can and then I would shoot the string to break it fall. <laughs> I was that, I, literally, I'm not lying to you. They were just like, and all of me, now I can't see. <laughs> now if I shoot a shotgun, I can't even hit a clay with it anymore because I can barely, you know, everything's kind of blurry as it gets further out. You know, so it doesn't work at all. You know, and shooting a pistol is different than shooting a, a long gun. Anyways, I'm not going to get in guns. People get offended by guns. I don't know why. I, I, it was part of my childhood. Anyways, uh, what was I telling you all that for? I have no clue why I was telling you, huh? Yes, I, and I got rid of all my guns. Every one of them. And I, I actually was learning, I was gunsmith, and I did gunsmith. I restored old guns. I learned, you know, I learned all this. My daddy taught me a bunch of stuff about guns, you know, how to do stuff, and, and got rid of them. Now I'm thinking, why did I get rid of all my guns? But the reason I did is I was exuberant for the Lord. I thought, I got I to gotta be a different person. I got to get rid of everything. Literally, this is what I had left when I was done. I had a grocery bag, you know, a brown paper bag. You know what that is? When you get, I, that's literally what I had. I had that with all the clothes I owned in my life. That was all I had left. And I went to my sister's apart, one-bedroom apartment in Charlotte. Can I stay with you for a while? Because I had to get out of the living situation. So I literally slept on the couch. Okay, She gave me a sheet and a pillow to sleep downstairs on the couch. Her and her husband slept upstairs in the bed. And that, was, that was how I lived for the first few months, and I thought it was pretty good. But I read that scripture. I'm getting back to the scripture. I'm sorry, y'all. I've gotten way off the road. I, got that, I read that scripture, and in my mind, 
everything I thought I had in life, God, I both blame not, God has taken it away from me. He's just taken everything. He's taken my girlfriend away from me. He's taken my guns. He's taken my clothes. He's taken it all. God did it. Well, really, he didn't make me do anything. He just told me, you probably need to get rid of that girl. You know, you probably need to get rid of some of the other, I'm not even going to talk about the really bad stuff I dumped down the commode. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> But, but that's not what it reads. It doesn't say that God will take from us. It says God wants to give you more. If we could get that in our hearts with anything, that there's more of God to be experienced. There's more of his love to be enjoyed. God has an adventure for us. Listen, I don't know about you, but I have a, this battle sometimes, like uh, almost every day, in my mind about, life the way it is now. I don't like all this that's going on. I don't like this. I don't like this, Lord. That's what I I don't like this. I don't like that I can't get on an airplane if I want to and go to Israel. You know, thank God we got to go to Israel before all this crazy stuff happened. But but the Lord keeps saying you got to look at it as an adventure. Every day may be shift. Things may not be the same. Every day things may, may be shifting for But if you can begin to look at life as an adventure and find me in that adventure instead of complaining about it and whining about it and being critical about it, if you can begin to look at life a little different and find me in that, because he's in all this whether we like it or not. Anyways, yeah, that's good. I love that. So... Um, one of the things I wanted to say is about hearing the voice of God is there's a lot of people who are born again that are going to heaven, okay? But they're not following Jesus. They're following from afar at best. But they have not developed this communion with the Holy Spirit. They have not developed a heart to hear Him, okay? Does that distress y'all to say that? It's the truth. We can really follow the Lord at a distance. Everyone in this room knows that because there's times when we're really close on his heels and there's times where we don't, we're, we're not really following him. And we begin to disconnect ourselves from his voice. We begin to lose a sense of his voice in our life. Am I the only person in this room that has that problem? It's where we begin, like we're, we're not really hearing the Lord. It's like I was talking to a friend of mine this morning. He was talking about he has a hard time. Uh, he was talking about another friend who said it, but he said it for everybody. He said it for everybody in this room. He has a hard time un, uh, discerning where his imagination uh, and ends and where the Word of God starts. And I don't know that you can ever really discern that because I think they're mixed. I think there's an there's a overlapping of what we imagine God said, and what God said, I mean, it's just only the Holy Spirit can sort all that out in our hearts. And so sometimes we get to these places where we just don't feel like we're hearing God at all. And we don't really, and, we, and God feels like and that he's far away. We know that he's not far away. We know that theologically, right? We know that we can't get any closer to God than we already are. It's impossible because Ephesians 2.13 says we've been brought near. And I think Romans, uh, Hebrews 8 says he keeps us near by his word. He keeps us near. God has taken responsibility for nearness. But that doesn't mean we have this close, intimate relationship with him. There's a difference there. And we have to begin to discern that difference. And I've said this many times. I, I can sleep with that girl there in the same bed with her, but be a million miles from her in my heart. There's men and women that sleep together every night and one of them is out sleeping with other people. And their emotions are far from the person that they have a ring with. And that's the way we can be with Jesus at times. We can be far away from his heart in our emotions and our, in our, our relationship with him. And, and what he does and how he wants what he... He's really trying to draw us with his voice. He's really trying to speak to to us, I wanted to read these two verses here. This is, oh Lord, Mark, 
uh, 9. Just in case you didn't know, I'm talking about hearing God. Anybody pick up on that? That's kind of what I'm talking about here. Or at least trying to. Oh, so let me lay the background on Mark. Uh, this is in such a powerful uh, experience that happened Mark, in Mark 9. It's the Mount of Transfiguration. And Matthew 17 also has that. But the chapter before, which would be Mark 8 or Matthew 16, better known, is when Jesus went to Caesarea Philippi. Remember that story? Caesarea Philippi, who do men say that I am? On this rock I'll build my church. Get behind me. I'll remember that whole story and all that. In Caesarea Philippi, he said that in the, the, the place has, was known as the gate of hell. And there's literally a, 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 a opening in the rock that goes down into to the earth and there's a river there, literally there. And in ancient times, that was a place where all kinds of demonic beings supposedly came up out of the earth. That's where Baal supposedly would come up out of, the, out of the abyss into the earth. And Jesus was declaring at that very place on this rock, I'm going to build something and, and hell will never bear to stand against what I'm building. That's what Jesus said. There's a whole lot to it. And then he marches three of his disciples up to Mount Hermon, okay? And Mount Hermon is the place where mankind made a deal with the devil in ancient times, okay? And Jesus went up there. There's, there's a lot going on spiritually, what I'm trying to tell you, that Je what Jesus was doing in this, in this time. Literally, Jesus was calling the devil out is what he was doing. He had spent his time on this earth ministering, healing, doing and preaching. And finally, he, he, in his mind, Jesus knew it's time to finish this thing. It's time to settle this thing and take the devil out. And so he went up there, and, and that's what all of that was really about ultimately, is he was calling out the devil like, devil, I'm here. I'm taking over, and it, and it provoked the devil to get him crucified, because if you if you look at the the timeline of Jesus's ministry, it, everything was on the up and up, and then everything goes on the down and down from that moment on on the Mount of Transfiguration. Is because everybody started going after him. People started started confronting him. The Pharisees started getting angry because he had called the devil out. It wasn't just some random poor Jesus, they're all down on him, and he's losing, he's losing his audience. It was no, exactly what God had planned from ages past that Paul talks about, the, sick, the mystery, the secret that God kept that he didn't tell them about, and that was that they were going to kill God. He was going to let them kill him so he could redeem mankind and bring the earth back under his... And that was really... What was really happening? See, the Bible's a lot more spiritual than we think it is. And there's a lot more spiritual stuff going on behind some of these stories than we realize. And God wants to begin to reveal all that and open all that. Anyways, I love all that stuff. I hope you do. But anyways, I wanted to read this one little piece in, in the Mount of Transfiguration. I'm just going to run out of time here, y'all. Everybody Okay. I'm taking a break here. It says in Mark 9, 7, 8, at, you know, this is after Jesus was transfigured. And, you know, of course, Elijah and Moses were there, right? They show up on that mountain. Jesus is looking, looking glorious, Elijah and Moses. So Moses didn't make it into the promised land, right? I mean, he got there. Yeah, he, was, he set foot down on Mount Hermon. Some people think it's Mount Tabor, but it's, it wasn't. They're wrong. It's Mount Hermon. It really is. If you go back and study, you'll, you would be convinced yourself. It says, A cloud came and overshadowed them, being Jesus, Moses and uh, Elijah. Moses represented the prophets, right? That's what he represented. Elijah, no, Elijah represented the prophets. Moses, the law. And, and to a Hebrew, imagine, imagine what Peter, James, and John felt seeing Moses and Elijah, two of the greatest men, two of the men who everything that God had ever communicated to, to Israel, they represented God to the Israel people. They're, they're, what they communicated, what they did was everything to, to a Hebrew man or woman at, in that day. 
everything. In fact, if you go to Israel today, you'll find people walking around with little curls on their hair and these funky little hats, these black suits. They walk real fast. It's everything to them to this day. The, the law and prophets of the Old Testament. That's, that's, they find their everything in that. And so they're there, and it says this cloud overshadows, and then the Father speaks. Listen, this is my beloved Son. Hear Him. That is a powerful statement. In other words, what God the Father was declaring at that moment, He was saying, listen, there's a new sheriff in town. That's really what he said. There's a new sheriff. The old sheriffs, they are over to the side now. The old sheriffs was Moses and Elijah. Now God is saying, this is the person you are to hear. He's the one whose voice is, is overrides all other voices. Moses and Elijah, their voice was great for their season. Their voice was great for their time. It's even helpful today. But he was saying, this voice is the voice. Hear him, and this cloud will overshadow anything and everything that tries to drown that voice out. There's a cloud over our nation right now. There's actually a cloud over the world. Have we thought all the stuff we're going through, perhaps it's a cloud, and the Father saying, hear him. I'm overshadowing things now. I'm overshadowing what was, what you thought was going to be, because you've got to hear something different today. You've got to hear what I've got to say now versus what I said in the past. Have we ever considered that, that some of the trouble we're in now, some of the troubling things that we have could literally be a cloud that God has allowed to come because there needs to be an overshadowing. There needs to be a time where Christ becomes more the preeminent one and we begin to discern, but learn his voice, learn to hear him, instead of everything else, and discover him and what he has to say because that's the thing that's going to get us to the other side of this chasm we find ourselves in. Am I talking to anybody in this room besides myself? And I do believe we're at this time, you know, where God really wants to retune our hearts like a guitar gets out of tune and he wants to retune it back to the tune it's supposed to be or reset us back to the original heart that could hear, like all the way back to the garden where man heard God. That He wants to reset our heart and get us back in tune with what he's saying and, and being able to discern his voice. Am I, does that make sense to y'all? So let me read this. Help, Lord, right? So I'm going to read this story here just to say, because I love this story. This speaks to me so much. It's in Mark 7, verse 31 through 35. And again, departing from the region of Tyre and Sidon, he came through the midst of the region of Decapolis to the Sea of Galilee. That's on the other side. That was Gentile territory. That was historically uh, a very demonically infested place where he was at. That was a place, you know, where the guy with the... There's a lot of bad stuff that was going on over there. We, got, we were over there. Uh, it's powerful, when we begin to see, see, that means something right there, where he said he was at. Jesus was doing something. This act he did here was, is big. It's huge. It's, it's, it's not was just for that one man. It was for all men. It, and it was speaking something to the demonic realm. And then they brought to him one who was deaf and had an impediment in his speech. And they begged him to put his hand on him. <laughs> Don't y'all love that they begged him? You ever beg God to do something? You ever, you ever had this prayer? I was thinking, imagine what Jenny was saying. She prayed all these years. I think, oh, yeah, there's things I've prayed. I have tried every kind of prayer there is on, down to begging. Like, okay, I'm not afraid to beg, Lord. I, I, nothing else is working. I'm just not ashamed to. I'm going to get on my knees. Please, God, would you please do something? At least tell me no. <laughs> Sometimes a no would really make me feel good about my situation. But if you're not telling me no, it means I believe I have a chance of you saying yes to this. And so I'll just beg if I have to. I don't necessarily consider myself to be a beggar like that. I'm a son, right? You're, we're sons and daughters. We shouldn't have to beg, but sometimes we just get crazy. Life gets crazy, you know, and you just do what's necessary at the moment. And, you know, you can work it out later. That's sort of how I am. I've been to prayer meetings and walked out like, gosh, that was a begging. That was a begging meeting. That wasn't a prayer. We were begging. I, I don't want to do that. 
but I'll do it with just myself and God. <laughs> all right. I know y'all are real spiritual and y'all don't do stuff like that. Y'all have all this revelation, you know, and I don't have to do that. I got more faith and you, sh- you should have more faith. And I, yeah, right. Okay. I'm just, and he took him aside from the multitude and put his fingers in his ears and he spat and touched his tongue. That's powerful, right? Jesus spat, spit on his hand and put his hand in his mouth. Mm. If you wasn't, if you wasn't believing something at that moment, you might be upset. Like this guy's spitting on me, man. Then looking up to heaven, he sighed and said to him, "Whatever that word is, however that word is pronounced, but it means be opened." Be open, and immediately his ears were open, and the impediment of his tongue was loosed, and he spoke plainly. Isn't that powerful? Well, see, when Jesus said that word, be open, he wasn't just saying it to him. He was saying it to all of us. Because God has opened all of our ability, given us the ability to hear. There's not any, if you're born again, you can hear him. He's, if he, and he's, he's put that, he's called it out. And it's like that word is still echoing through the atmosphere. And it's when, when a person's born again, that word comes into them. And so we have to believe, each of us have to believe that our spiritual ears are open to be able to hear him. He don't just tell us we need to be careful how, we should, how to hear. He gives us the ability to hear. We have, and, and so if we don't believe that, we'll never hear. We just have to believe that God is going to make sure that we hear Him if He wants us to hear Him. Right with your kids. Right if you had kids. If you wanted them to hear something, you made sure they heard it. Right? You would do something if they weren't hearing you. You might yell at them and then get Becky mad at you. For, don't you yell at those kids. They don't deserve that. Well, they're not listening. <laughs> or you could tap them on the shoulder. Or you could grab them and put their face in your face. And you look at them and then you speak to them. See, that's how God is. God's going to make sure we're, we hear him when we absolutely need to. And I think that's beautiful and amazing. But God wants to be able to, for us to really hear him without him having to do all these extra things like circumstances and situations. Because a lot of our circumstances is God trying to get our attention so we'll listen to him. We'll pay attention to what he's saying. And he wants us to be able to dial in to his heart. But, but here's another thing about this. You know, Jesus said, He who has uh, an ear to hear, let him hear. Remember, he said that a few times, right? He said it seven times in the book of Revelation. Every time he spoke to those churches, he said it. He said it, he said it in his parables. He, in other words, you have the ability, now you have to use it. You have the ability to hear. You have it, but you've got to use it. It's like any other spiritual capacity, any spiritual anointing. We have to cultivate that. We have to develop that. We have to allow our ears to be tuned towards what he's saying. Because there's a lot of static, so we have to develop that gift. Just like seeing, Jesus said, uh, uh, Luke 24, 45, he opened their minds to understand the Scripture. All of our minds, they've been opened. We've been given this ability to read the Bible and understand it. But if we don't cultivate it, if we don't give it a chance, if we don't put effort into it, we'll never develop that understanding. And And many of us have never really developed the ear to hear what the Holy Spirit's saying. For different reasons. Are y'all following this? I, a couple of people are. Okay. Yeah. Years ago I read this book by this man named Peter Lord. Anybody ever heard of Peter Lord? He was a Jamaican guy. He was not your normal Babdacostal. That's what he was. He was a very unusual man. I loved him though. But he wrote this book called Hearing God. And I read that book. I still have it somewhere. I can see it in my mind because one of my kids ripped the cover off of it. It was a paperback. So, I... But one of the things, the thing that I remember most about this book, that book was this. He, at the very beginning of the book, he talked about this guy. He was at this wedding or something, and there was an etymologist there. Y'all know what that is? It's an insect guy, right? That's what it, it's a guy who studies insects. And they were outside, and that guy began to talk to them about the insects that were in the bushes. 
he could hear the insects and identify each of these different insects because, by, their, by their, what the sounds they were making. And he was making the point is, I never pay no attention to no insects in bushes. Who would do such thing? Somebody who studies insects. And they're able to discern it. They're able to hear it. And his whole point was, the whole book was about, this is what we do with God. God is speaking, but we have to listen. We have to give attention to it and learn how to discern it. Just like an insect guy learns all these different insect languages. Isn't that powerful? And that's what his whole book was about. He's passed away now, by the way. He was 90-something years old. And uh, just amazing man. Really was. He wasn't your normal guy. Uh, I like not. I like people who are not normal. <laughs> and Biggie's always fussing at me because I don't flow along with everything, the normal stuff. It's like, I don't really want to do that. I like the abnormals. Hey, listen to this. This is one thing, though, and, and when Jesus... Uh, Release that guy's uh, ear and open his ears. It says the ears were open and the impediment of his tongue was loosed and he spoke plainly. This is important. He spoke plainly. He couldn't hear and he couldn't speak. Jesus fixed his ears and when he fixed his ears, he enabled that man to speak. And see, that's one of the keys for us. Because remember, we're in the decade of the mouth. Remember that? Y'all remember that? We're in the decade of learning how to speak. Of speech, of communication. All these years up to 2029 is a season to learn how to speak. And one of the keys to learning how to speak is learning how to hear. Are are y'all getting that? We think learning how to speak, we're going to learn something with our brain or whatever, and then we're going to be able to speak it. But, but here Jesus is showing us this, this key for speaking, for speaking his words, is being able to hear, having our ears unstopped, or our ears retuned to him, and li- that will loosen. And I think that's one of the things we're going to see in the church. We're going to see a, a people of God that's going to be able to discern the voice of God and have the right words at the right time in the right situation and be able to speak the word of the Lord and that sharp two-edged sword coming out of the mouth because they heard the voice of God. Isn't that exciting to y'all? But we had to cultivate it. We had to give ourselves to it and make that a priority in our life. We need to make God's voice a priority, which means we need to cut some voices out to have that voice. There's practical things we can do to be able to get his voice because there's so many voices out there. And and if we're not careful, it's going to drown out his voice. We've already said that, though, right? Because there's these what I call competing voices, right? There's voices that compete. And this is what those voices will do to you. There's a couple of things it says in the Bible. One, these competing voices is what Paul addressed in 2 Timothy 4. And he called it itchy ears. You know what itchy ears are? I want to hear what I want to hear. Truth is, is relevant to me. Uh, yeah, the council culture, the politically correct stuff that we that's in our world now, all of that comes from worldly people that have itchy ears. And it's, we had to be careful not to allow it into the, to the, our lives. We don't, we don't want that. We don't want itchy ears. We want to hear the truth even when it hurts. You remember that song, It Hurts So Good? Remember that hurts so good? Come on, baby, it hurts so good. Sometimes love doesn't feel like it should. It hurts so good. Some of the most powerful moments in my life is when God literally spoke a word to me and it hurt me. It wounded me. It wounded my heart, but it healed my heart. It freed me. It released me. And see, that's what Paul was warning those people about, Timothy about, is not allow your ears to become itchy to hear what you want to hear. We don't, we don't want to echo what the world's saying. We want to echo what Jesus is saying. We don't want to live in an echo chamber even where we just surround ourselves with people that say what we want to hear, what, we, what they call confirmation bias. Do y'all know that phrase? 
you know, everybody has a bias, and we're only going to listen to stuff that affirms our bias towards life. That's why I like to pay attention to stuff that really, like, I totally disagree with that. I don't like that. Oh, but I'm learning something by listening. You know, y'all, it's true. And then, then he talks about, and not Paul doesn't, but Hebrews 5.11. And, and this is what the writer of Hebrews is saying. He was saying, by now, y'all, he said, I got a lot more to say to you about Melchizedek. In other words, there's something real spiritual here, and it's really important, but I can't speak it to you because your ears have grown dull. So I can't even talk to you about these things. I've got to go and talk to you about some real basic things. That's what the writer of Hebrews says. You go through and read it. You go through and catch what he's saying. And, I, and it's all of a sudden he's building up to say something. Then all of a sudden he backs out. I guess the Holy Spirit said don't say it because they ain't going to get it. Don't waste it. And so ever since then we've been like, oh, Melchizedek, what does this really mean? Why didn't they tell us? They tell us because our ears are dull. And there's a lot of things that can cause dullness of hearing. We don't have time to talk about that, but I did. I'm, yeah. Uh, so we have to be careful. You know, in the natural, you're careful with your ears a lot. Some people are not, and then they get old, and their ears are not working. So speaking of guns, <laughs> here's what I didn't do this. A friend of mine did. We were driving down the road. This is when I was a teenager. This guy had a three fifty seven Magnum pistol. That's a pistol that's about that long. You know, it is a big old gun, and he sat in the back seat, I'm sitting in the front seat, right? You know, he's right behind me. He rolls his window down. We're driving around, and he shoots that gun. But it's right behind my head. I couldn't hear for like two days, you know, because it was too loud for my ear, you know? It was way too loud. Guns are like cannons that go off. But here's the thing. So in the natural, we try to, we have ear protection. We try to be careful about hearing, about ears. We try to make sure we don't do stuff there. We don't take a Q-tip and just jam it in our ears real hard. Doctors tell you don't do it, but everybody does, right? Even doctors do that. Everybody does that, but they'll tell you to be really careful about that or don't do it, but you should be careful. I'll just tell you that because you know you you can rupture your eardrum. We can do things to hurt our natural hearing. We can do things that will hurt our spiritual hearing. And we've had all this happen. We've had all this stuff. We listen to things. We put our, give our ears to things, and it messes them up. Let me read this one last verse or two. Two verses, okay? Everybody good? It says, this is all the way back to the garden. Uh, this is after Adam and Eve fell, you know, after eating, and God showed up. Looking for the daily walk in the garden, right? He showed, that's what we imagine. This is the moment. You know, it says that, that God walked in the cool of the day with him. So God shows up for the daily walk with Adam and Eve, right? I mean, isn't that a, like an amazing thing? You think about, God, they were walking right next to God and, and just enjoying God in this paradise. Isn't that, that's just an amazing thing. That's why I always tell parents who feel like jerks when their kids do bad, like, well, God, look at him, you know. He had paradise. He was the father. These two children, and they still messed up. So that's just my way of comforting my bad parenting. <laughs> so uh, Adam, they weren't there where they were supposed to be. It says, the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, where are you? And I know everybody's heard this, but it wasn't, God wasn't saying, where are you? Like, I can't find you, Adam. Where are you? Although I'm God and can see everything and know everything. I st- no, he was saying it because he was trying to talk to Adam. He wanted Adam to realize where he was. If God ever asks you where you are, he's got something to say to you, right? Like, uh, I'm in a bad place, Lord. Where are you? So Adam said, he said, I heard your voice. I heard your voice. In the garden, I heard it. I heard your voice. That's powerful. I heard your voice. And I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. You say, Adam and Eve had listened to something else. They listened to something else and it messed them up. And did you know after that, God's voice got fainter and fainter 
was humanity. It's like humanity began to lose what Adam had. That He still had that moment where he could hear God, even though he was in a terrible state. But after that, it got less and less where God had to appoint special people like prophets, Moses, Elijah, that could, that could hear, that were gifted to hear, to bear to tell. Okay, this is what God's saying, y'all. Y'all need to hear this. this. God said this. Now, you need... That is not the way God wants it, though. Even Moses said, I wish everybody was a prophet. I wish everybody could do this. He was declaring the heart of God at that moment. So here's the thing. God, there's times when we just need our ears healed. Okay? There's just times where we need our spiritual ears healed. Listen, the last healing that Jesus did in the Bible was a healing of an ear. There was a guy named Malachus. Y'all remember the story, right? Mm -hmm. Old Malachus was the servant of the high priest. Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane. Okay? These guys show up to arrest Jesus. Okay? Old Peter pulls out his sword and was going to try to chop Malachus' head off over trying to arrest Jesus. And somehow he missed. And I can't figure out how he missed and just sliced the guy's ear off. <laughs> I've not quite got that one down. Like, huh? You'd have thank you to busted his head open. But literally, he cut that man's ears off. And there's a lot more to it than just a physical thing. Spiritually, it's, there's a lot to that. Because it was his right ear, blah, blah, and who he was, what his name meant. All that's really cool stuff. But this is the thing. Jesus healed his ear. He put his ear back on and healed it. That was his last miracle before he was crucified and died. And I, one of the great things I have come out of that, one of the things that we've got to have is God to touch our ears, you know, and heal our ears. So I wanted to, us to pray this morning to end uh, about getting our ears healed because I feel like our ears, ears have really been hurt in the last year or so. We have heard stuff we shouldn't have heard. We've paid attention to things. And we can, you can tell, you can tell by some of the things that have been said and some of the contention, some of the division. To me, that says we're not hearing the Lord. We're not hearing Him. And it's creating issues. It's creating problems. And we need Him to heal our ears so we really can begin to speak, speak His heart out of our, out of our mouths. Because that's what we really want to do, isn't it? Right? We really want to be able to speak the word of the Lord. We want that sharp two-edged sword to come out of our mouth. So I feel like it's really important that we ask the Lord this morning to heal our ears. Okay? I think it's really important. So anybody think that? Yeah. Am I talking to anybody this morning or just me? Or I'm just talking about yeah. I got my own echo chamber going in up here. Hey, listen, why don't we pray for each other? Okay? Why don't, we, why don't everybody stand up? I'm going to make you feel uncomfortable. Oh, I don't want anybody praying for me. Ooh, ooh, ooh. And it might be good if you did not pray for your spouse. <laughs> hey, I'm trying to tune you up for the Holy Spirit moving. Because when the Holy Spirit moves, it ain't just your best friend or your spouse you want to minister to. Your heart is for anybody who's walking with two feet and have breath in their mouth. You want to get God on them. So why don't you just find somebody and let's pray for each other that our ears would be healed and that God would begin to tune our ears to his heart. Come on, let's do that right now. Let's begin to do that. And, you, and if you're at home, if you're at home, you can do that with each other. You probably can't do it. You can do it with your spouse. We give you permission. <laughs> but let's just ask the Lord. Holy Spirit, we ask you to come down now. And if you have a prophetic word for somebody, give it to them. Just release God on them. Release the presence of God on people. Just release the anointing of the Holy Spirit that people would hear. Eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to understand what the Holy Spirit is saying. Lord, we're calling out for you to bring a download today. Eyes to hear, ears to hear, and a heart to understand. We ask you to refresh us in that. Renew us in that today, Lord. Lord, open the deaf ears and loosen the tongues. Loosen the tongues in this room, Lord, to declare the glory of God. Lord, we're just so thankful this morning. If you got a word for somebody, give it to them.
prophesy to people. Holy Spirit, we just ask for a wave of healing. Our spiritual ears be healed. Hey, and if you happen to have natural hearing loss, and you would like, just let the person know that's praying for you. Heal, I need to, my natural ears to work better. Yeah, I do mine. <laughs> Ever since that 357, <laughs> I haven't heard that well. Hey, do you guys remember a movie, um, Lady by the Pool? Do you know what I'm talking about? What was that movie, Lady by the Pool? Well, I don't remember the name of it, but in this movie, there was a guy who I thought was so funny because he had one huge arm. You remember that, right? He had one really big arm, and then he had one really skinny arm. And I don't know how they did it as far as, you know, on the movie, but it was really cool looking. Well, the deal was this. He only worked out with one arm. He didn't work out with this arm. And that scripture, to him who has, more will be given... And to him who has not, even that which he has will be taken away. It's just like that. Are you exercising what you have? And it gets bigger and more. Or are you leaving it dormant and even that which you had will be taken away? So I think we need to be intentional about exercising to hear the voice of the Lord. Otherwise, I wouldn't watch the movie. It's just weird. And we are dismissed.